Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back, faithful listeners. You are listening to The Blowhole on Finsider Radio. I'm James Radio. I'm here under quarantine, under house arrest, out in California. I'm joined by my host, the Roptimist. Roptimist Prime. How are you, my friend? In Florida. How are you doing, man? How you been? Uh, I feel like trendsetters. We were doing these on Zoom uh, on, uh, way before it was cool. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, we were just we were just practicing. We knew this was coming. Knew it was coming. As a matter of fact, no, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't know it was coming. We didn't plan it. We didn't do it. it wasn't Absolutely. Us. Yeah. We uh, do. We look like guys with plans. Absolutely not. We are <laughs> definitely have no plan. Have no script. Don't even really know what we're going to be talking about. Um, I do know it's been a long time since we've spoke. So, and lots of things have happened to your Miami Dolphins. Do you remember how awful this roster was? Going into the offseason? I don't know. I seem to remember the, la- the beating the Patriots in, in a must-win game for the Patriots. That's not a bad team. With an awful, awful roster. Yeah, it was bad. Yes. No, that was, that was of, of all of the late-season wins that the Dolphins have had over the Patriots, that one is pretty high on my, on my rankings. Where, where does that rank for you, bro? Um, Honestly, because it meant so much for the Patriots, it's be- it's better than the Miami Miracle, you know, and yeah. it's better than the what was it the Cutler year that that huge one when we had our when we had that lost season they went in and had that huge game. Yeah, that one was good. That one was fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely on fire in that game, and Cutler was amazing as well. That was a, that was a fun game. Um, I went back and watched the um, because there's absolutely no sports on, and I the free game pass thing so uh for those of you that don't know uh nfl game pass uh has been free throughout all of this uh uh pandemic throughout all of the pandemic the nfl has made the game pass free so you can download it on your rokus or your computers and watch whatever games you want since 2009 i uh, i dialed up the uh the year that uh, Tannehill beat beat brady for the for home field advantage where they cost them home field advantage and then they had to go to denver and lost. Nice. Good one. It was a pretty, it was more boring of a game than I remember. The Dolphins won 20 to 10. Um, it was uh, Dan Campbell's last game as coach. And I remember, and I, and oh. I would, as I was watching that team, that was a, that was a very talented roster they had. That was the first year they had Sue. Um, Wake was injured by that point, but Wake was still on the team and, and very good. Um, they had uh, Lamar Miller. Their wide receivers were Jarvis Landry, a, a young Devontae Parker, and uh, Kenny Stills. Uh, they had Jordan Cameron. 
they had a pretty decent offensive line. Um, yeah, that was a, that was an okay team. Um, yeah, they, they, but they, uh, Oh, Olivier Vernon was on that team. That was, uh, Hey, you know, you know, a game I watched on YouTube. What's that? Uh, Dan Marino beating the 85 bears. I wanted to watch that too. That, that, that wasn't on the game pass. Like you'd have to actually watch it on YouTube. Yeah. I, I might do. I mean, who knows? We're gonna be on this for a while. So. It's it's weird watching a game with terrible graphics in not HD. Like, I'm like, wow, this is weird. It was. Weird. I wanted to watch the um, uh, the opening day Marino versus Bledsoe shootout. Oh yeah, and then the uh, and the fake spike game. Those are ones that I'd uh, I would like to watch as well. But we'll see. We got plenty of time, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll dial those up at some point. I'm sure. Um, but back to this current iteration of the Miami Dolphins. So they did uh, they did win that game in Foxborough, and then Ryan Tannehill went into into Foxborough and, and eliminated the Brady era for the New England Patriots. Um, and well, I don't uh, think. Oh, oh yeah, well, it was uh, not Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill was the quarterback of the of the Titans. Oh, that one. Oh, I thought you were talking about our last game. I'm like, I thought you were talking about. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, Patrick, I got you. Yeah, Patrick won and cost him the buy. I was confused. And finished him off. I went back. I was. I'm like, wait, is he talking about the the game from 2009? The the from the. <laughs> I was. I see why. Yeah, I see I why you would be confused. Or if any of our listeners are confused, I'm sorry as well. But yes, uh, no. This this iteration of Ryan Tannehill went into Foxborough, and although I think he only threw like 10 passes in that game, and he got paid. He sure did. Boy, I hope they like winning nine and ten games because they are. <laughs> that's uh, that's about all. I think that's. I think that was as far as they're going to go. Well, Although they, they, I mean, they could win. I mean, they they could win eleven. I mean, if a team can win nine, they could win eleven. You could win eleven. Anything can happen. They're not in the class of you know the Chiefs, the Chiefs. Or, or and even though they beat the Ravens, they I don't know if they're in the class of the Ravens, but you know. Yeah, that was a happen. crazy game. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. We'll see what the future holds for them. I'm glad, I was glad to see Tannehill do well. Um, and, uh, hopefully he has a, a good rest of his career up there in Nashville. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the Dolphins went into the offseason uh, after the Super Bowl, which was uh, a 49er choke job in the, uh, in the quarter where the Chiefs pulled it out. Um, and the, uh, the offseason began, and the Miami Dolphins were very active on day one free agency went out like shot out of a rocket they had lots of holes to fill uh they still have many many holes to fill so um the the glaring need on this team that that we had kind of talked about all throughout last season was the offensive line and the defensive line um and then the running game uh those were you know the major major areas of need so in free agency uh we'll start on the on the defensive side of the ball um uh, now I don't know if you had heard this, but they they actually made an offer to Jadavion Clowney. They I did offered hear. they offered him seventeen million, um, and he thought he was worth more than that. So they took the seventeen million that they were going to pay him, and that is exactly what they ended up paying uh, Emmanuel Ogba and Shaq Lawson. So they got those two instead of Jadavion Clowney. We'll see how that plays out. Those are two solid, um, good good. Decent pass rushers and good against the run kind of play the same position or kind of interchangeable. They could play defensive end in a in a three four, or they could play or outside linebacker in that. They can rush and they and they do a good job uh, holding the edge against the running game. So and I I like could that. be I could be wrong, but I kind of like the way it played out. I mean, Clowney's a monster, but 
to me, and this is just Lots personal, I don't. He's not. He disappears. He's not. He's not for that money. You need Aaron Donald. You need that guy who's just out there crushing it. And he's not that guy to me. No. And we had we have lots of holes. We had lots of holes, and and you know two two guys for the for the price of that of him, I think is better. Like is Clowney better than both those guys? Yes. Do are is he right. better than both of them together? We we probably are better off to have the two of them. So so those those are good. They offer you a lot of flexibility. Like I said, they're kind of interchangeable. You can have them both on the field at the same time, um, or you can have one on the fields. Um, we'll see how the draft plays out if they draft any more. Uh, front seven guys, but oh, one of you will be drafting some front seven guys was Kyle Van Noy, who was a signing that I, I, I love that signing. Um, I don't know how you felt about it. I think I texted you right afterwards. I think you were, you were very pleased with it. If I recall. Yeah. You actually texted that one to me before I saw it. Most of the times the things were the, the, the ticker was going so fast. Like I actually missed it. And you, when you did that, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's a big one. So now, I mean, if you're if you're looking at their their line, their alignment, their their front seven, um, Van Noy is a guy who can be on the field in in all packages. He can he can be a linebacker that can cover, and he can also rush. Like he can put his hand down and, and rush. So he can be an outside linebacker in a, in a three four. He can also be an outside linebacker in a four three. Um, he can go inside. He can go outside. Um, he's uh, he will be on the field probably all the time. So you have him. You have Jerome Baker, you have Raekwon McMillan, who will be in for running downs. And then when they're in that three, four alignment with the fourth linebacker, it'll probably be, I would imagine Lawson on the other side. Um, then you have Ogba, Wilkins and Godcha. And I think they still have Taco Charlton and I believe they still have Charles Harris, but I think Harris will probably get cut. I would imagine. Well, he's uh, still, I mean, yeah, if they have a better body, like with who they draft, they get cut. I don't think he costs very much, so I could see him being kept. But I could, but if they if they have a better body, I could see them cutting. Him. Harris is useless to me at this point, yeah. especially with the guys they brought in. So the the front seven is is pretty solid now, and they still have Vince Beagle, who played well for them last year. I believe they still have Equivon. Like those are those are those are okay guys. They're not NFL starters like they were for us last year. But those are good depth guys. But they're also good guys that now, as the as the weakest link, when everyone else is being doubled, they're guys that can make plays. They're not great to have as your as your sub, your first sub guy, or your or your you know your your least intimidating guy on the on the thing. Going from your best pass rusher to your third or fourth pass rusher is pretty good. Yep. And, and then, then the- when we add Chase Young, we'll be insane. Absolutely. Yeah. That we'll, we'll talk about the draft. We'll talk about the draft and how it fits into what they've done in free agency as well. Yeah, I just wanted to give the fans a little uh a little teaser that we will obviously be talking draft. A sneak peek. But um but yes. So and then the um the the crown jewel of the entire free agency class for this Miami Dolphins uh, is in the defensive secondary um and that's Byron Jones. So um now I'm is he now the highest paid corner in the NFL or is he he's up there? He's up there. I think I I mean he's up there. I think he is or he was when he signed it. I don't know if to, if someone got a deal after him cuz it always changes, but but we have we have two of probably the top 5 highest paid corners now between And ex- you need that in today's yeah. NFL. And also, uh, no, and I love, I love the signing. I love the pairing. And the, the best thing about all of these signings, about all of the ones we just mentioned on defense, these guys are all, I think, twenty. I don't think, I don't think anybody's over twenty six out of out of those guys that they signed. So they and they were not. I mean, Jones's deal was huge, but the other ones were. They, they, they were 
they were okay. They seemed like responsible. They I mean, weren't we- bargains, but I, it right. wasn't like, it didn't feel like, and they weren't like 10 year deals where you're like, what are you going to be doing? You're paying this guy when he's over there. They were like, they were, they seemed like okay deals. I was happy with them, you know, in when looking at it, obviously getting talent, I was happy. And then when I looked at the deals, did, you know, maybe we over, you don't get guys in free agency without overpaying, especially if you're not, you know, if you're a terrible team like we were. So I felt it was overpaying in line. It was it wasn't outrageous yeah. overpaying. It was the kind of overpaying you have to do to land these kind of guys. And the secondary as is. So Rashad Jones was was cut before free agency, so he is no longer uh, you know, no longer a, a Miami Dolphin. But our defensive secondary now is uh Xavier Howard in one corner, Byron Jones at the other corner. Um, and then we have uh Bobby McCain, uh, who can play free safety and nickel. Um, and then we got a lot of the um Kind of some of the the other guys that have that, that were back there. Uh, Needham is still on the roster. Um, Stephen Parker, I believe. Uh, they there was a safety named Adrian Colbert, I believe, who was a. Uh, I think my, resigned recently. Yeah, they More resigned. Extended. I didn't even know he was on the team, but uh, he's last year, but he's on the team. Joe Mall with Joe Mall Wilts, I believe, is still there. Um, they will definitely be drafting a safety, I would say, with one of the million picks that they have, and I, I think they they need one. Um, but I feel much, much better about their, their defensive secondary after the, uh, the Byron Jones signing. I agree. And, and, and I think we're, we're set up for success on defense now. Now, now Flores has a bunch of guys, interchangeable parts, um, NFL, like above average NFL talent that, you know, that fits his system and what he wants to do. Um, so it, it should be, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do, especially after what they, whatever they add in the draft, but I'm much more confident in this defensive unit than, than what they had out there last year. Now I know we're not we're dra- we're not really talking draft uh, yet, but obviously it looked like free agency was more of a defensive focus. We signed some guys on offense, which we'll get to, but they were more parts than than giant pieces. And defense, we signed giant pieces. So I'm assuming the draft is going to be offensive heavy. Um, where Philly I don't feel like they players. had more pieces on offense, though. Like I feel like like their wide receiver room is actually like an NFL wide receiver room. Yeah, but they're, besides that and Gasicki, that's it. I mean, it's kind of stops well, there. C- correct, but those are you know those are important. Yeah, yeah. For part of the defense that I was comfortable with, like aside from like one or two players. No, I agree, and it's one of the rare years where like offensive tackle is pretty deep in the draft normally there's like one or two and you know and and it's hard to get them so this is this is nice um yeah but i i do expect an edge rusher and a and a safety um to be added to what they have and obviously you know they're going to add one of everything but i mean like you know in probably the first maybe in those those first six picks even in the in the uh you know in the first three rounds I could see them addressing those two positions and probably the rest going to offense. Yep. Great. So we'll flip over to the offensive side of the ball now where, you, as you mentioned, they were not as active um, in free agency, but they did. They made some signings that I liked. I, the first one they made was the, the Eric Flowers signing. So that one was a little weird for me. That was the first one that was announced, and I was like, that one kind of caught me off guard as I was I was expecting them to maybe do a little bit more. Uh, and, 
And that it, one's fun because Eric Flowers was a terrible tackle. When he correct. played for the Giants as a tackle, he was terrible. And first round bust as a left tackle out of the University of Miami. So when he was cut by the Giants, I thought they were actually going to take a chance on him last year. I kind of I was hoping it. Like, what do you have to lose? Right. Those and they obviously needed something like that. But um, the Redskins signed him last year, uh, moved him at, moved him into left guard, and he was uh, he was an above average left guard. I believe he ranked uh, according to PFF in the top thirty. Right. Uh, as a as a left guard. So um, he immediately be, I mean, they did pay a lot of money for him for, you know, for not a lot of uh, <laughs> not a lot of field for one good yeah. year. You know, he he, he got himself paid, um, but he's coming home. Um, he seems to fit better on the interior. We have a huge we have a gaping hole all over the offensive line. So um, so we are immediately better at left tackle. That moves the rookie guard, that they dropped guard. last year. Dieter would probably shift over to right guard, but I'm sure they're probably going to draft somebody as well. So we'll see we'll, uh, if Dieter's like a, like a, you know, if he ends up becoming a, uh, like a utility offensive lineman, I think that that might suit him better. Um, obviously there's a huge hole at left tackle. They didn't sign a left tackle. They did sign uh, Ted Karras, who was a kind of a utility interior offensive lineman for the Patriots last season. Um, ranks pretty highly. He's pro- he's going to slot in as your starting center this year. I still think they draft a couple interior offensive linemen with all the draft picks they have. Um, but I, I believe that Karras will probably be the starting center next year. So you have a starting left guard and a starting center that you signed in free agency if, if all things go according to plan. Um, and then the other offensive piece that they signed, um, at, it, we <laughs> we talked about it ad nauseum, their running backs were atrocious last year, especially after um, – well, I mean, Kenyon Drake was a great running back. They just did not know how to use him. So um, uh, Kalen Balazs – Miles Gaskin, Patrick Laird, Mark Walton for a little bit. Um, this was a historically bad running game. So um, they signed so Jordan. Bad. So Jordan Howard uh, had a couple great seasons in Chicago um, and then had, had kind of gotten hurt and he's kind of uh, played for Philadelphia last year. Um, his numbers were actually okay when he played. Um, he had a shoulder injury. Uh, he was averaging four and a half yards of carry, which is. Uh, he's a perfectly good. NFL caliber running back. He's not, not you know, he's not Barkley or 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 Camara or McCaffrey, but he's well, he's Barkley compared to uh, compared Caleb. to what we had. <laughs> he's so much better than what we had, and I'm guessing we'll be pairing him with at least one new uh, guy from the draft. I imagine they're going to get a dynamic running back. I would imagine so. You um, would think so, since Howard's more of the battering ram too. So you'd want the you. You know, most of the guys at the top of the draft seem to be the shifty type of runners, um, which would complement well. And that that fits in well with just I, I mean, if you unfortunately, um, you know, as we've over the geez, past 20 years watching the Patriots just dominate this division, that that's kind of the uh, the model that they had set at running back was kind of a, you know, by committee. They, there was the one year where they had Corey Dillon, but for the most part, it was by committee and they had that, that one big bruising back that they would use. And, and Howard seems to fit that role very well. I would say true. Um, I don't know, but like with the rest of the running backs that they, I mean, Balaj, I don't ever want to see him carry the ball ever again. <laughs> uh, Laird and Gaskin. I don't know. Um, Laird, I would imagine Laird probably sticks around. Um, but, but we'll see. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty sure they're going to draft at least one running back. Um, 
the, you know what's killing me is the uh, the mock drafts that I'm seeing that has them taking a wide receiver early. I'm like, are you? It's like the one area that they're not that they don't need anybody. I get it's a wide receiver deep uh, class, but yeah, I mean. I mean, maybe if if Wilson's getting cut, you know, are we add you know adding one would be terrible, but not with all the other holes. I'm fine going. I think. I mean, I think they're keeping Wilson, don't you? I mean, they would have. I feel like they would have cut him already. I feel. I I do. I think so. So, just so we have Devontae Parker, Preston Williams is ahead of schedule on his on his recovery from his ACL. So, I mean, those guys are those are excellent wide receivers to have on the outside. But that's a very very good one two punch. Um, they're, they're tall, they're fast. They can jump out of the stadium. Um, you know, they, they do tend to drop some balls and makes you, make you a little, a little frustrated at times. Um, but Albert Wilson's a, a perfect compliment to those two. Um, and they still have Hearns at a reasonable rate. And he's a, he's a guy who runs great routes and, and catches what's thrown to him. Um, I, I like their wide receiver room. And Jakeem I, I do. Grant. What's that? Jakeem Grant. Oh, Jakeem Grant. He was coming back as well. Yeah. And then Jacecki is a, is, is essentially a wide receiver. Right. Who's also, um, you know, a, a very a, a plus tight end now from from what we've from what we saw last year. Um, so it'll be it'll be nice to see. I'm excited for this offense. I feel like the offense was a lot closer than the defense, um, quite frankly, and we saw that a lot towards the end of the year. Um, I'm pretty happy with with uh, Fitzpatrick coming back for another year. I mean, we're gonna we're about to go to break, and then we'll come back and talk about the uh, the quarterback. Uh, moves that we think the Miami Dolphins might make in the drafts, but um, but I'm pretty happy with with their offense right now. Aside from the whole the giant holes they have on the offensive line. Yeah, I agree. You're not the best color man in the business for nothing, Rob. Oh, I'm, I'm not used. I'm not used to you actually letting me get a word in edgewise. I figured you were just going to go on and talk some more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have. I mean, how what, how do you feel about the current quarterback situation? Um, I I like Fitzpatrick a lot. I, actually, I love Fitzpatrick. Um, obviously, you know, you you want to be younger and have everybody wants to have a Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson to build around forever. But the way Fitzpatrick, the difference between the way the offense moved with Fitzpatrick and Rosen, and I know Rosen, it's unfair what he got thrown into, but just the way that offensive line was terrible. So the quick reads, the the way, you know, you have the, the reads had to be instant and the throws just hike throw, like, or otherwise you're going to get creamed. And the fact that we were able to move the ball at all was insane, especially the second half of last year. So I think I don't. I mean, part of me feels like they're going to try to make a legit run at the at at the division with Fitzpatrick, and then you know see what happens next year. Like, I, I agree with that. Like, I'm not. I, I will not be shocked, and I won't even be. I would not be upset if they didn't draft a quarterback in this draft. Like, I I, I said that throughout this past season, and I, I still like. I mean, why would they give up what they gave up for Rosen if? You know, I mean, they didn't, they, they saw nothing out of him. Like they didn't even like, he didn't, he didn't get a, that's not a fair trial run for what they gave up for him. To me, that makes me think that they actually think they, they, I still think they, they might have something there. I so, agree. But that sound you heard 
was all of the fans' heads exploding because you can't go on the internet and say something bad about Tua without having I didn't to say, say anything bad about Tua. I, I actually like Tua. We'll talk about that in the next segment. It's not I'm even just- saying something bad. I mean, just mentioning the fact that we may not draft a quarterback <laughs> makes people's head explode. They They can't even have the conversation because apparently, to some people, Tua has already won seven Super Bowls. <laughs> and on that note, if your heads have not exploded, please come back after the break so we can try to make them explode when we talk about the draft. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back. Now is the time to discuss what has been the most exciting part of the Miami Dolphins football season from last year, this upcoming NFL draft. We are two days away from the Miami Dolphins who own all of the draft capital, or it seems like all of the draft capital. They're holding all the cards for this draft. That is that is for certain. Um, it's well documented. We talked about it all the time throughout the season. They have six picks in the top 70. They have three in the first round alone. Um, and they have, is it 14 in total? 14 picks in total? They have a ton of draft picks at the end of this draft. Correct. So it all starts at the top. Their first pick is number five. The teams in front of them are the Cincinnati Bengals, the Washington Redskins, the Detroit Lions, and the New York Giants. Washington, or I'm sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals are definitely taking Joe Burrow. We can we can both agree on that, Correct. That is correct. There was some noise about the Dolphins being all in on Burrow and trading everything to move up. That appears to have quieted. Um, Not happening. Yeah, I, I was. As we were talking about this off the air, I, I, I really, I'm, I don't. There's no scenario that happens that I'm going to be mad at. Like I don't, I, I can't really think of anything that's going to make me mad about. Like I'm not, I'm not in love with Justin Herbert. I'm not in love with with Tua. I'm not in love with Burrow. Like if they, uh, they're not going to get Burrow. So I'll just throw that one out. I don't even know why I said his name, but the two are Herbert. I'm fine if they draft one of them. And like I said, before the break, I'm fine. If they don't draft a quarterback, I will not be shocked. I don't, I, I am looking forward to them getting several good players in this draft. So this is my advice for the Miami Dolphin fan. That's listening. Take a page from Roptimist and be a little Roptimistic. Basically, I know we all know who's the best player, who they need to take. I know you have your heart set on on Tua or you have your heart set on Herbert or Love or Simmons or whatever. They may not take the person you love and maybe just maybe they've done a little more research than you have. Just let's let's believe in this staff let's believe in greer and flores and what they're doing i'm buying in i'm with you i'm buying in i don't i know what i want them to do i know what i don't want them to do i don't want them to trade up 
unless it's for Chase Young. Um, but I don't want them to trade up for a quarterback. I want to sit at five. If they believe two is healthy in the guy and they take him at five, I'm thrilled. We got we got the guy for the future. Awesome. If Simmons is sitting there and they're like, this guy's a freak, taking him, I'm like, that's crazy. That defense we were just talking about, throwing him back there, I am thrilled to watch that and see. Let's just let's just give him the benefit. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt and let's see what happens because it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and I'll be happy if they take the best offensive tackle at five as well because that that's a huge area of need. So if they can get a guy that they can plug in, you know, to be the you know the next Laramie Tunsil or the next Jake Long for this team for the next ten or fifteen years, fantastic. Like that, that's I'm okay with that. What we don't want see that. What I want to believe, and what I do believe, is this: this this staff has a they have a plan, and they they're going to stick to it. I don't want to see panic moves. I don't want to see like all of a sudden, you know, Burrow goes, someone trades up for for two, and then someone takes Herbert. And now all of a sudden, they're grabbing like Love or Fromm or somebody at five, and I'm like, no, that that guy's not a. If you like those guys, maybe take them, you know, take them at eighteen or twenty six. But you know, don't. Don't go crazy and go off your plan and take somebody at five that you that you didn't want. That's kind of what I was alluding to before we came to the break, right? Like if like maybe like if they do love Tua and he's there at five, fine. If if two is if they don't if that's it if like after, if two is gone, then they're like fine. We'll ride it out with Fitzpatrick and Rosen. That's and that's I, I think that's perfect. Then they don't have to reach for for Herbert or Love or I know some people think Herbert's the best quarterback in the draft. I I don't know about that. I'm not a talent evaluator, so I have no idea. I am but. not a talent evaluator, but Herbert is not the best quarterback in the draft. <laughs> He's too tall. If, if they draft him, I will be okay with that. I, I like I said, but I'll be okay because it's part of the plan, and that's that's who they believe they that's who they want to build around. I don't think it's that's almost, who it will be. With the amount of high draft picks that they have, it, it feels like a fantasy draft. Like it, it like. <laughs> Like I'm like you can go, you can go quarterback, tackle, safety, or you can go, you know, you go quarterback, running back, tackle, like, or you know, you can go tackle, safety, whatever, however they do it. Like I feel like they're they're going to get some really good players if they, you know, I, I feel like they're going to get some really good players. They're going to get some talented players, and they have they have two picks in the second round, and then they have another pick right at the beginning of the third round. So that's like I said, that's six in the top seventy. So let that sink in. They those are, you know. Almost ten percent. Guys, you get that are that are starters right away, right? So, I would personally like what I would like to see is I would I would like to think that one of these quarterbacks is the quarterback of the future for this team. So I would like to see them get whoever it is, if it's Tua or Herbert at five. I'm fine with that. Um, and then with the 18th pick, I would like to see um, either a safety or a tackle, whichever one. I know they like. Uh, Xavier McKinney from Alabama is a name I've heard. And then Grant Delpit, uh, the safety from LSU. Um, at the at 18, your tackles are probably going to be thinned out a little bit. They might be able to get Josh Jones from Houston. Um, there's another tackle from Boise State that I've seen going there um, in that range as well. Um, but the uh, the Andrew Thomases and the, uh, I think it's Jedrick Willis from Alabama. And then the other one from Iowa, I can't remember his name. Um, is also supposed to be an, like an elite tackle prospect as well. If they can get one of those tackle prospects, a quarterback and a safety in the first round, which I think they really should easily be able to do, that that's a huge, a huge first day of the draft. So I'm not, 
I'm not suggesting this. I'm curious your take on this. And one, I don't, I, I don't even know what the if there's like somebody that could that could uh, that has the right pieces for this. But <clears throat> what would you feel? I don't want them to do this. But what would you feel if they actually traded down and still got one of the top three tackles at nine or ten, and then added more pieces like that way? Love it. I, I, I mean, that's that's fine. I, as if they, like if they can get like a. Yeah, I mean, if they could trade down, get Andrew Thomas at nine, and then get another, you know, another first round pick, or like a, I would imagine that's right. probably it. So yeah, you could still you could get you could still get Thomas, and then a you know a safety, and uh, you know maybe another maybe you know I like I said I don't think they need a quarterback. So so everybody thinks they do. I don't know if this is the plan, but I think and maybe they have a few plans, but I think maybe the most optimistic plan that the team has is if they, if they can actually, you know, get enough star players in this draft with the free agents they had and the team they had, if they, if this team can make, can actually make a playoff run with how it's, how it's situated, then without, if they don't, um, if they don't draft a quarterback and you could make a playoff run with Fitzpatrick, you could be looking at now you, we have four, in next year's draft, we have four, you know, two first rounders and two second rounders. Now you you could now maybe you don't need four stars. Now maybe that now maybe you're packaging up to the top three to get Lawrence or or, or somebody. Exactly, that, that could be the plan. So don't. So I'm just I'm I'm not I'm saying this more to the folks listening. If, if the that could be the plan. So let's not go cr- crazy if they don't draft a quarterback. I, I agree 100%. And the ideal situation or the optimistic situation is is what you you come out of this draft with a starting starting left tackle, another interior starting lineman, be it a center or a guard. And there's quite a few of them that are in the range that they're going to be picking when they on day two. Um, uh, a running back to pair with with Jordan Howard, a starting safety, perhaps a quarterback of the future, and an edge rusher. A new, uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that's I mean, you could do all of that. <laughs> like you, two of each of those. <laughs> that's that's six. That's just the six in the top seventy that they have. And then after that, it's all, you know, the late round draft picks is kind of a I mean, I'm gonna say a crapshoot. I know that the you know, the, the actual talent evaluators and the people that are drafting have guys that they have slotted in there. So they have there's lots of capital there as well. And if a guy starts to slide, they have the ammunition to like to package things and to get up and get it. Like right. so if like you know, one of those tackles or interior offensive lineman or, or running back, you know, starts to slide in this draft, then they can just package up. They just go, go get him. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think realistically you're going to come out of, you're going to come out of, of this with at least three guys who are going to be starters at least. Oh, out of the 14. Co- no. Yeah. Correct. Or just the top or just the top six. Well, I mean, I'm just the first two days of the draft is what I was saying. Oh, okay. but, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's a realistic expectation. That's just like you know, that's that's what I'm, that's not even like if they do really well, like right. you get starters. You know what I mean? I'm saying like if they don't, if they come out of this with any less than than you know three starting caliber players, then it's it's a failure. I agree, and yeah, I agree with that. I mean, unless they do something crazy and package a whole bunch of guys to go up and get Chase Young, which I'd be okay with. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't package a whole bunch. 
That's the thing. But and it would cost a whole bunch, so it's not even worth discussing. Unless you can convince Washington that you're taking Tua at two and they do the math and think they're gonna they can get like Simmons or Young and, and they're happy with that, and then you can just move up there and just take Young and be like, Oop, sorry. <laughs> but they were saying that they like Tua so much, so maybe they can draft Tua. They can. They should. <laughs> So we, when we were doing our, our free agency recap, um, and we kind of talked about this off air as well, we purposely left out the train wreck that is the Houston Texans just to talk about them in our draft section. So Rob, I will go ahead. I will, I will pass the mic over to you and I will let you talk about what the, what the Houston Texans did to themselves in this off season. And just so you know, we have their first and second round pick next year, next year. And this year, courtesy of Laramie Tunnel. Yes. So, I don't know if Bill O'Brien, he, maybe he's a good talent evaluator. He's looking at his roster. He's like, "Hey, I can't I can't pay I can't pay one of the best wide receivers in the league and he's a little disgruntled and we're not on the same page and I'd like to add a running back." But that doesn't mean you just swap them. I mean, quite well, honestly. Well, they did get a second round pick. But they the Cardinals would have given you a pick to take Andre to take uh, David Johnson's contract. They pr- you probably could have Osweilered him, like basically being like, "You give me a four and David Johnson, and we're done." That's not what you package up. <laughs> That's not you don't give Hopkins for that. That's insane. You could, I'm, I'm, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll, if you can somewhat, I can't, but someone can defend the trading Hopkins. But you should be getting a first, a one and a two for Hopkins, and then get a, a four for taking David Johnson. That's insane. so you took on right. So in that trade, you take on David Johnson's horrible contract. All of it. And then you also, but you do get, you get a second round pick from the Arizona Cardinals for next year, right? Or no, that was this year. They got, they got their second round pick this year. So second round pick this year and then, a, and then a terrible contract. But then they and, also give a, a four or something. I think they even had to. Yeah, they sent DeAndre Hopkins and a four. Right. They got a second and David Johnson. So right. they got a terrible contract and a second round pick. And what they gave up was the best wide receiver in football. Yes. There's, there's like. There are some great wide receivers in the NFL. Hopkins. Top five. I mean, he, he's... I, oh, he's the best one. He's, he's the best one. He's the best. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, he is the best wide receiver in football. And he's young. <laughs> and so so that is that was a terrible trade. Indefensible. Next. So then you double down. And then you take on another horrible contract, which is Brandon Cook's. And that's and they gave that second, right? Was it? <laughs> yeah, the second. The, the the only good thing you got in the Hopkins trade, you now give up and take on another terrible contract. A wide who I believe I believe Cooks is making more than Hopkins, and is probably half of the wide receiver. Well, Hopkins is going to get a new deal. That I mean, Hopkins is going to get a new deal. It wasn't about this deal. It's about his next deal. That's fine. Right. But I'm, just, I'm, I'm talking like like this is what you did. But here, and I don't want to make light of this because this part's, you know, scary and sad, but Cooks is one concussion away from never playing football again. 
Correct. And he's insanely expensive. Right. And he's been traded a million times. Yeah, an incredible amount of times. It's and I mean he's not a bad wide receiver. He's just I mean he's not in the same stratosphere as Hopkins. Yeah. And like he's 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 about ready to be done, um, unfortunately. But now so now their wide receiver room is Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller. Neither of those two can stay healthy, and Kenny Stills, who I love Kenny Stills, but come and, on and <laughs> Kiki Kuti. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you have Deshaun Watson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but uh, David Johnson, I, I mean, is they he have down- three, three slot receivers and a concussion. <laughs> and Laramie Tunsil. And Laramie Tunsil, who's going to get and paid? Because how can you not? He basically, he's, he's got a blank check because you, you can't give up all those picks and not sign him. So he's going to be so overpaid and good for him and their defense is is good i mean they're they might be a wild card team next year they will not make the playoffs correct i, they, I mean i don't think they do Ooh, i oh, does does the, the next year season that we're pretending is going to happen is that going to oh, have right. the expanded playoffs or is that going to be is that supposed to be the does that not does that it is supposed year? to be the expanded playoffs or next year yeah so maybe they get in they still don't get him. Either way, we have their first pick and their second pick next year, and they are much worse than they were last season. Oh, yes. So Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't that be amazing if they totally fall apart and then we literally have a top five pick from them, not from us, because we make the playoffs? That would be incredible. <laughs> that would be incredible. So... In recap, I know it's been a long time since we've talked. The Miami Dolphins have completely reshaped themselves, and then they're and there were two days away from the most important draft probably in this team's history. Um, so, you know, I would be remiss, um, you know, not to mention, you know, the, the current situation that that the entire country's in right now, um, but it, how it's affected this draft, right? Like, so they, so our Dolphins have, you know, an, an insane amount of picks that we just went over but they were not able to do any kind of like real scouting or, or anything like that. So they have been hindered somewhat. Um, nonetheless, every, every team has had to go through it and, and many more people are going through much worse things than that. But I'm just saying, um, you know, it's a, uh, it is like one of the most Miami Dolphins things ever is to, <laughs> to build up to this moment. And then like, not even as to- you said before, oh, the most important draft, you know, in, you know, in team is, at least in recent history, but maybe in all of history. No, I think it's their most important draft ever. And and it is the one with the with the most weirdness around it. Also, yeah, and throw everything on top of that is like the the quarterback with the injury history that you can't evaluate in person. Right. So like, you cannot have your doctors look at him. So So we get him at eighteen. <laughs> if he's there at eighteen, that would be that would be amazing. So we uh, just have to make sure the Patriots don't dra- move up to get him if he starts falling. Oh God, you have I know. Yes. You have to not allow that. Basically, just call yeah. all the other teams and be like, "Hey, if the Patriots call you for two and two is on the board, I will call beat that first. offer." <laughs> yeah, call us first. So I think, yeah, and I, I, I do think that um, there they will come away with, like I said, like a, a a number of starters from this draft, no matter what. 
Um, but I did want to also touch on, and, and you just brought it up, um, what, what did happen to the Patriots. We touched on it briefly at the beginning about, you know, the end of the Brady era. So, so Brady is gone. So the division is now, to me, I think the division is wide open. Um, and depending on how this draft goes, and, and like we said, in the moves they made in free agency, I think they have a real shot at winning this division. I don't think they were that much worse than the Bills last year. And we, we were worse than the Bills last terrible. year. Terrible. No, I know. We were, I'm saying I don't think we were that much worse than them. And we were terrible. I mean, we don't know what our team's going to look like from the draft. I would say right. if I was an odds maker, I would say the the Bills will probably be the odds on will be the favorites to win the division. Yeah, the, the Patriots will probably be behind them and then us yep. and then the Jets. Yeah. And the, the Bills made some good moves in the offseason as well. The the Diggs trade is is good for Gave them. Up a lot, but yeah, that's good. Diggs is the kind of receiver he needs an accurate quarterback and And he didn't get one. He did, they do not have do not have an accurate quarterback. So um I like the pairing of, of, of him and uh and Brown. Um those are those are two good receivers. Um, they have a good offensive line and they have a good defense. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a good football team up there. I just I don't uh, I don't love Josh Allen uh, as as a quarterback as has been been well documented on this show. Um, but uh, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see we'll see how it goes. I don't I, I do feel like it's crazy to even say like I but I, I do feel like we actually have a shot if things go well in the draft to uh to make a run at this and if they play football yeah like we can, yeah it's i mean you're not betting on it but if if i were to give you 10 to 1 you know you throw you might throw 100 bucks on that yeah and, oh yeah so and it might you're probably getting better than 10 to 1 so i'm just saying it's you know it's not impossible it's it's not like last year we we knew we weren't winning the division going into last year no definitely not all right. Well, it's about time for our second break. Do you want to come back and uh, do some nonsense talk for a couple minutes? Why not? And we're back. So we did an off-season recap, went through free agency. Um, then we've uh, gave our, our draft analysis and preview that was, you know, very well thought out and very in-depth. <laughs> um, so now let's, uh, let's just uh, let's talk some nonsense. What do you got, Rob? Uh, well... I haven't left the house in quite some time. <laughs> I don't normally leave the house very often, and now I don't leave the house at all, like everyone listening to this, or most, obviously. We, you know, you might have some essential workers out there, I'm sure, listening to this, and thank you. you know, yes, thank you very much. Thing. Um, have been watching, watching good amounts of television. How fast did you get through season of, uh, the new season of Ozark? Um, I have actually not watched Ozark. Really? You haven't seen any of it? None of it. That's one oh, where man. the the lady watched the first season without me, so then it was, you know, she started watching it and then I'm like, "All right." And then she went through them and I know uh, you know, the first people were like, "Oh, the first season's good." And then the second season I think hooked everybody and everybody's really been on this one. So, it's one of those I yeah. need to get on. But I I'm I haven't even caught up on Better Call Saul this season. So, I'm I'm I actually don't. I haven't been watching more TV than normal. I've just because uh, I still have the day job, which keeps me busy enough. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to still have my job as well. So um, I've been oddly, I've been busier than I than I've ever been <laughs> with work, which is a good thing, and I'm fortunate for that. Um, but yeah, my, no, my I guess 
my marathoning hasn't really been any any different. I probably would have gone through Ozark as fast as I did. Pandemic. <laughs> but I did burn through it in a weekend. It was excellent, uh, Rob. I can't uh, I can't, you know, recommend it enough. You should watch it. It's a very, very good um, and it's an addicting watch, so you'll you'll get through it quickly. It's like it's similar to Breaking Bad. Um, you know, it's got a lot of this, it's, it's similar recipe. Yeah, I got. The, I, I mean, I know the gist of it. Um, so yeah, I got. I know what. I know what we kind of got. I know what it's about. Breaking Bad had a little bit more more elements of humor in it. This is a little a little darker, but you know, Breaking Bad was an excellent show. So um, that's what this reminds me of. Um, Westworld. How about that? You caught up on that? I am. I actually just watched this week's episode now. I have not seen this week's, but I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm enjoying it. It's 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 the same as it ever was. You ha- you have to turn your brain off. They, they want it to be the super smart show, and but if you do any kind of thinking, you're like, boy, those plot holes are huge. Just just give me uh, yeah. naked robots that can shoot that blow up things, and let's have fun with it. So it's fun. This. Yeah, the the first season was was I thought like the more like it wasn't it wasn't very action packed like it was more I felt like it was more of a theater, I guess it was more cerebral and, and psychological. The second season like was just kind of like it kind of went off the rails a little bit for me. I'm enjoying this season because I like seeing them out in like the real world. It kind of has like a it's, a Blade Runner esque type of feel to it, but it's it's you know, a totally fun, enjoyable show. But they, yeah. they sniff their farts a little too much and they think they're Agreed. like they think they're making like high art and I'm like No, definitely not. You're not. <laughs> but it's fun. The first season the first season was, I would say. Like I mean, I feel like there was a lot more going on there. But, but even, I, even that, like they had all these like twists and turns and like the internet was just like boom, we figured it out after week one and then like in week eight they're like the big reveal. They're like, yeah, we've been talking about, we knew William was the man <laughs> of black since like day one people. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was, a, it, a, I've enjoyed Westworld. I do, I do need to catch up on, uh, on, on this week's, but yeah, that was good. Um, Oh, did you see, uh, did you see rise of Skywalker? Did we even talk about rise of Skywalker? Um, I did. Um, I don't think we did. I don't think we talked about it. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> it was, so yeah, I was like, whatever. I was, I I really wish they would have just let Trevorrow do the do the the third one because yeah. it seemed to make more sense. Like I, I, like reading the script. You read the script, I'm assuming. I did not. It's good. You should read. it. I mean, you don't not like. There's a synopsis. Like you don't have to read the whole script. Ooh, like thank God. Yeah, I didn't read the whole script. <laughs> I read this. It made more sense. Like it made like. They didn't like shove Palpatine in there like right from the beginning, being like, "Ah, this was all just none of, none of the other stuff mattered." <laughs> right, off the, right off the get, um, yeah. So it was. It seemed to make more sense. Like Ren was the was the villain, the main villain in it. Um, it was. I, I thought I, it seemed like a more coherent story for for the trilogy. I'm not one of those like you know. I'm not hating all over it. It was still fun. I had a good time in the theater. It was just like I don't think I've ever seen a movie that had that much that much movie packed into <laughs> that little time like there was like every like it was just so it was like just from the beginning it's like we're running we're running everywhere everyone's <laughs> running the whole time we got to get from one plot to the next plot there's like six subplots people die and come back to life in like within like 5 minutes like it was oh the yeah. chewy thing 
Not, I mean, Kylo Ren died three times in that movie. <laughs> like, our, I'm sorry to spoil it for everybody. But I mean, like, that's ridiculous, right? Well, you only spoiled the last one. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, that's like, it's, it's absolutely like, I, like, even my, my eight year old daughter was like, <laughs> like when, when Ray, she's like, oh, Ray died. And then she's like, no, Kylo's dead. And she's like, but no, now they're alive. And she's like, like, she's like, wow. That was, she's like, that was a lot in that little 60 seconds of, of movie. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm like, boy, they really, they really shoved it all in there. Um, yeah, they took, I didn't, don't feel like they did it. I don't know. Like, it could have been done better, but I'm not. You, you, it, actually, you know what I watched? Laser Swords. What? I rewatched Daredevil season one and two. Ooh. That Marvel's Daredevil season one is better than anything that Disney Plus is going to do in the Marvel universe. And it's it's probably better than anything they've done already. I mean, it was so good. It is so good that that first season. I actually, Daredevil. Daredevil season three was my favorite. Three actually three was great because the way it uh, yeah, three was great. But one the 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 setting it all up, you know, in, in no, one, one was, was great so too. Good. Uh, two was two was good. One was one and three were great. Yeah. Like I thought they were, yeah, very, very good television. Um, that's a good, that's a good call. I should go back and rewatch that. I started, um, so I stopped watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia a while ago, oh, but I. Oh, that's a mistake. Yeah. Well, I started watching, I mean, I started watching some of the seasons that I haven't seen. Like, so I'm watching the most recent season right now. It's pretty, it's, it's great. It's I just. still great. The show is yeah. still great. Oh, yeah, here's one for you. If you're, especially if you're watching it on FX. Uh, what we do in the shadows has come back, so good. <laughs> I've been, I've the movie. I love the movie. I have not seen any of the television show yet. Well, so I, the so, second season has just started. So go binge the first season and the second season. It's so good. I'm looking. Yeah, I, that's a good one. It's that's as good, good as the. It's different characters, but you know, still written by uh, Jermaine Clement and uh, I don't know if Tiki Wakiki. What's his name? Taika Waititi. Thank you. Uh, I know he's like an executive producer. I don't know. And he was in the, you know, in the movie and a big part of the movie, but I don't know if he's a big part of this, but he's got his hands in it and it's so good. It's awesome. All right, man. I will definitely check that out. And I appreciate you for giving me the, uh, the nonsense time that we, that our listeners so like they, they love that the most. Yeah. If they don't have something to turn off while we're still talking, you know, that it, you know, they have nothing for the, it's gets, gives them joy, joy for the day. <laughs> oh man. Well, this was fun. It was really good to get back, back together. Let's, let's do it next week to recap the draft. Yes, we will have to do that. Awesome. And I will try and watch some, uh, what we do in the shadows, uh, before, before next week. Got to watch it. Awesome. Well, Go Dolphins. Uh, it's a big, big night coming up on Thursday, so I'm excited. Oh, my God. I can't believe I don't have to watch, uh, listen or watch another mock draft. <laughs> I get to watch a real one. Yes, a real live fantasy football draft. Go Dolphins! Have a great night, ladies and gentlemen.